Hey y'all, welcome to the Roots of Change podcast. I'm Sam Chavez, founder of the Roots of Change Agency and Curious Human. Here, we connect with people who are boldly creating change in today's social, political, tech, and media landscapes. We also have a newsletter where we get to the roots of how to cultivate social change. Find us and subscribe at rootschangemedia.com. Thanks for joining us. Let's get into it. Hey, y'all. This is Sam from the Roots of Change podcast, and I'm really excited to bring to you a conversation today with Sharon Hurley-Hall about her work uh, fighting uh, white supremacy and building an anti-racist future. Um, Sharon, I'm so excited for you to be here. Uh, Welcome. And if you would just introduce yourself. Thanks, Sam. I'm so happy to be here. I am the co-founder of Mission Equality, a company dedicated to promoting equality and using education as an agent of change in order to do so. I am the author of I'm Tired of Racism, the founder of Sharon's Anti-Racism Newsletter, a former journalist, a former educator, well, former and current educator, uh, and an active anti-racist. So really not doing too much work here. (laughs) (laughs) Keeping myself busy. (laughs) Keeping yourself busy. Yeah, I mean, I love the breadth of the work that you do, and I love how education is a tie to that. I would love to hear a little bit more about, like, how you even got here, how your journey led you to Mission Equality. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because when I think about that, there are several things that I see that led me to ending up here. My first anti-racism article was actually quite a long time ago. I think I wrote something about the US election. I had done some master's work about colorism. And, you know, looking back, all of that, all of that was the start of getting me on this journey. Uh, But what actually more directly led me here is is 2020, right? We all know what happened in 2020. and starting to be more vocal about experiences of racism, which led me to reconnect with Leah, um, Leah Jovi, who is the other co-founder of Mission Equality and the person whose brainchild it originally was. Uh, And we connected at a previous company where I was doing work on anti-racism, diversity, equity, belonging, and, you know, starting to build that company on an anti-racist foundation. So those two things coincided. I actually literally changed in the space of several months from being a freelance writer, writing mostly about marketing and SEO, to a freelance writer writing about diversity, anti-racism, and equality, and the founder of a newsletter. Mm-hmm. And all that came together in the work we did at the previous company where we were creating educational resources on anti-racism and we were trying to build anti-racism into the company. Mm-hmm. When that fell apart, ironically through an instance of, of, of racism, um, less said about that, the better. Uh, you know, Leah s- said, uh, okay, because we'd been talking about doing something next that was focused on Mm anti-racism and that was the the seeds of what later became mission equality because we realized it was wider than anti-racism and so she invited me to join her as co-founder of the company and here we are (laughs) 
That's amazing. Yeah, I, I love the journey. Like one, you have a lot of similarities between my journey too, of like doing the marketing work, being trained in marketing communications, that very specific way of communicating, and then mm -hmm. just kind of taking a complete about face and saying like, actually, I'm going to communicate more in an anti-racist way, in an equitable way. Um, and really living that value through the work that you guys are doing. Um, I would love just, you know, a lot of what Mission Equality talks about is the difference, the differentiation between equity and equality. Um, and I see that so much in like how you live your life, how you work. Um, so can you explain a little bit more about that and how that um, applies into the work you do with Mission Equality? Well, really, I mean, it's, you know, the name is, the name says it all, because the point is, what are we working towards? What are all these things for? You know, we're actually not working towards equity. Equity are this, you know, we take equity steps to redress historical and current imbalances and inequities. But what we're working towards is equality, which is where everybody gets their needs met as of right. Everybody is able to thrive. You know, we're not, you know, ruining our planet and our communities. We're not uh, exploiting people all the time. You know, all of those things. So equality is is that world. And you know, I often talk about that that Star Trek world, <laughs> right? Yeah. Where people get their needs met. You know, you you look on the bridge of the of the Enterprise and you see a guy from a water planet with you know what effectively a, a mini a mini water bubble so that he can continue to do his work and you know the gooey people have what they need and the you know the the androids have what they need and you know everybody gets their needs met and that is not considered worthy of note mm. you know they just do that and then they all come together and they do what they need to do so for us equality is the goal equality is what we're striving for equity steps are important mm -hmm. to redress those imbalances, but they're not the ultimate goal. So, you know, when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, that's not the goal. The goal is the goal is equality. The goal is not to need that. The goal is to get to the point where our company doesn't even need to exist because everybody gets what they need and has their needs met. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that is my hope too. I, I... <laughs> um yeah, I think that's really interesting because, um, sorry, I'm going to edit this because I'm losing my train of thought, equity versus equality. Um, I think what's really interesting about equity and equality, like when I think of equity, I think of it kind of as plugging the dam of the white supremacist world that we live in. You know, it's it's protecting the people that are on the ground, but ultimately we have to talk about both plugging the hole and building the future that we want. Exactly. We have we, you know, it's not it's not enough to plug the dam. Right. That's not enough. We have to think about what comes next. We have to think about what got us here. We have to think about what we change so that future generations don't end up in the same mess that we're in now. And so you can't just, you can't just, you just, you can't just plug the gap. 
Mm -hmm. right you can't stick your finger in the dike <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> because what happens when you take it out you have to have, you have to have mended it you have to have repaired stuff you have to have resort things you have to have said okay we know what got us here we know that capitalism is evil we know that the quest for profit at the expense of people and planet has resulted in great harm to millions if not billions of people we know that the, the, the capitalist project is basically a failed project because we're destroying our habitat and we're destroying our ability, the ability for most people to thrive. And so what do we do? And, you know, this is, this is not saying that, you know, we're going to get everything right immediately, that we're yeah. going to have all the answers. But those are the questions that we have to be asking, right? The questions are not about, are not only about how can we how can we redress those imbalances mm -hmm. but how can we create a world where those imbalances don't exist anymore right yeah i i think that's really interesting because of the moment that we're in like you mentioned how 2020 was an activating event for you it it was definitely for me too because I think that a lot of the world has gotten somewhat complacent and we kind of let let the world change because change is going to happen whether we want that to or not. And we didn't actually, like you said, plug the dam and, and, and fix, or sorry, we plugged the dam, we just didn't fix the whole infrastructure. Um, and we so I even, guess, we didn't even completely plug the dam. That's the, right. that's, that's the thing. <laughs> the dam is that's leaking. The thing. You know, the dam had a lot of holes in it and we plugged yeah. a few of them and some people have taken their fingers back out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we're recording this on, on um, Martin Luther King Day in the United States. And I think about that a lot of like, you know, in the 60s, there was that mass movement and we grew more complacent. We lost those coalitions. Um, and I think a lot of the work in 2020 is building that back up. Um, I'm curious, like what, how you see the current world and like what our role is um, for change. I think that we have to do everything that we can. One of the things that we've been talking about more recently at Mission Equality is an equality alliance, which, you know, I can't really say too much about it at this point, but it's an idea of creating a network of like-minded companies that are prepared to do business in a different way, with, you know, more people-focused, uh, more, more holistic, kinder to people and planet, and so on, that are prepared to say, okay, the way that we have done business, the way that we have led has not worked that well. Here is a different way of approaching that. And here's how we can do that. And here's how we can support each other and sort of create that ripple effect that goes out. Um, we're still in the early stages of, of, of thinking about this and what it's actually going to look like. But that is very much something that Mission Equality would like to see happen. You know, yeah. and, 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 you know, our role personally, of course, is to make change where we can. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as Representative John Lewis said, make good trouble, right? Mm -hmm. Make good trouble. You know, keep talking about what is not working even if it's unpopular. A lot of people uh, are down on DEI and that is in part because it 
it isn't quite working the way that you would like it to work because mm -hmm. it is often focused on plugging the gap but not fixing the infra infrastructure right and you know it is a big ask it mm -hmm. is a big ask to fix the infrastructure but if we are focused on what is the end goal and if the end goal is equality then that's a complete mindset shift as you know as opposed to simply you know we've got to get more people who face isms into these roles and equality has to work for everyone equality is not just about redressing the balance for a particular group the equity steps will do that but it's allowing everyone to thrive it's allowing everyone to separate themselves and grow beyond the traditional historical roles that they have inherited mm. you know yeah. Some people no longer have to be oppressed. Some people no longer have to be oppressors. How yeah. can we all thrive? I really appreciate that framing, um, especially for people who are, are earlier in their anti-racist journey. I think there's a lot of shame and uh, we know that the right wing and, and authoritarian forces try to build that shame um, mm -hmm. to divide, you know, white people from people of color and people of color within each other. Um, I myself am white, but I am also New Mexican. Um, and the history of the division between Mexicans and, and indigenous people and black people has a long history in this country. Um, and I think that is a big piece of where we move forward um, to show that there is that vision, it is an optimistic, it is a hopeful vision for something better for everyone, even for the people who have been previously privileged in the world that we live in. Yeah, and, and you know, we're all going to have to get on board with the equality project, yeah. <laughs> you know? You can't, you can't have equality for some because that's not equality, right? right? <laughs> and, and, and so, it's in everybody's interest to work towards this and build a better world for all of us. I am not negating, I'm not negating the equity steps that are taken on the way. I am not negating the experiences that we have previously had. What I'm saying is, and what we're saying and we're asking is, what's next? What allows us all to thrive and how do we get there? And admission equality, we don't say we have all the answers. We're trying to ask some of the right questions so that everybody can be thinking about them. That's why we put the black paper out so mm. that people can say, okay, here's one vision for what a different approach to how we live could be. Mm -hmm. What do you think? What works for you? What works for your community? Think about this. Come back and ask questions. Let's talk about it. Let us, let us co-create this world that we would all love to live in, where we can all thrive, where our planet is healthy as well. Yeah, that sounds empowering. Um, and I think that's another piece to the movement is like building the empowerment and the power that that we as people have um, outside of the institutions. And I, I guess I'm curious, like, is that how you see people starting this journey? Is that collaboration and that that understanding like where do people start to make this transition in their life oh my gosh no that <laughs> is a, that that is a big question and there are several possible answers of course Sam. Yeah. so 
one of the things that we're doing at Mission Equality, as I alluded to, is that we are, we've created this program, which is uh, uh, MX of Equality, which is to work with senior leadership teams and organizations and their teams to think about leadership in a different way. And imagine, you know, we want to be clear, you know, anyone can be a leader. But if you, you know, often what happens in companies is it's a it's a bit of a trickle down. So if you get your senior leadership team to follow this program and and just interrogate, think a question the way that leadership has traditionally happened and see if there's another way. And, you know, that's that's one approach. I mean, longer term, it would be good to start at the other end, which is like, what are we teaching young people and children in our education systems? Is there another way that does not induct them into the capitalist project and gives them another way of thinking about it, mm -hmm. you know, or, or allows them? Because, you know, young people are very smart and left to their own devices, they would probably do wonderful things, yeah. <laughs> right? And so how do we create space for that to happen? Mm -hmm. But then, you know, they're also, of course, we work less with individuals, but you know, they, you know, there might still be people that will say, "Okay, I am, you know, I'm creating, I'm starting a new company, I'm starting a new project. You know, I want to think about this differently. I want to think about how to build inequality from the beginning." And you know, one of the things we point people to is how our company works. We have a very tiny team, it is true, but. There are certain things that we have done that are, are very different from the way most workplaces work. For example, for people that are just coming to work with us, we have a decolonizing period where people can basically relax and shake off some of the toxicity that they've been exposed to mm -hmm. and start to figure out how they can make a contribution to the company and where they would like to. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we encourage people to look at what we're doing, see where they can contribute and find their role. Right. Yeah. So there's that. That again, that that is something that happens really, really early on. There's, you know, creating a company where there is less hierarchy. Right. No hierarchy, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, for legal purposes, Leah and I are the co-founders. But in but, you know, how we operate is, you know, we're all expected to lead our own areas. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, we we are transparent in our communication. We. We want people to think about their needs and take responsibility for meeting them. So it's not just about creating the space, it's about your personal responsibility within that. So that you can at any point say, look, I'm, you know, I'm not in a good place today, I'm gonna need a little extra time or whatever it happens to be. We have a no rush culture. In our mm -hmm. weekly update, we have the first thing says, people who might need a little more space and grace this week, and, you know, as long as we're aware of that, we will put that down. We don't you don't have to disclose what it is. Mm. It's just that people know that you're going to need a little break. You might need a little more time. You know, they're not going to bother you unless it's necessary. The other thing is that, you know, we're all on the same pay scale. It doesn't matter what our technical role is. It's all about how much. How much uh, time do you commit? Yeah. OK, so, you know, and that's pretty much how that's pretty much how we work that out. And just, you know, being, being, being kind to each other, communicating well where we can as, 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 as far as is possible. Um, yeah. And it works. It works. You know, one of, 
one of our colleagues once said, you know, I don't worry about being harmed at work. And this is the first workplace where I can say that, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, our fault. So even, yeah, even in this little microcosm, this little oasis, you know, that is, it shows you what is possible if you have the will. And it's not that we get everything right, right at the start. You know, the decolonizing period came around after we realized it was needed, right? Um, but yeah, you know, we, our company is our lab in a sense. We use it to test the ideas that we share and yeah. see how they can work and what we need to tweak. And then, you know, those inform some of the educational products that we create, mm -hmm. you know? That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's really leading by example in the realest sense of the world word. Mm -hmm. And I think so much of work and the conversation around that is just stripping away of humanity. Um, <laughs> and so to me, it, it feels and sounds so simple to just bring in the humanity into your work um, and recognizing that we all have bodies and we all have needs and we might yes. wake up in a different way um, and that can be okay and we can still move and, and get our work done. Yes, exactly. You know, we recognize that you know, people, people have families, people have commitments, people have things that come up and, you know, you don't have to feel any trepidation mm -hmm. in our company about bringing that to the table, you know. You know, our default is, is, is to understand and be kind and to create space. Mm -hmm. you know um and we have a no rush culture so you know when even when working with clients we try to give ourselves breathing room so that we don't end up in that situation where you know there's something happening at the very last minute that yeah. you know and, and you know so far so good so far so good <laughs> that's amazing you know? yeah i i appreciate like leading by example and then i know you guys have a lot of resources as well so um, we do have to wrap up this portion of the conversation and we will be back again next week um, to talk in more depth about anti-racism and um, how we <laughs> continue to push back against white supremacy. But for this portion, I would love to just finish with how can people get involved in mission equality, um, what resources, and, and how can they contact you? For sure, Sam. Um we have a black paper and a vision document that are free to download on missionequality.com. People can reach out on hello at missionequality.com. Uh, I think we also have, not I think, we also have on our Equaliversity site, which is where we list the programs that we're currently offering and the ones that are coming up, we have some um, some guides, some language guides, um, anti-racist language guide, um, LGBTQ plus um, friendly language guide, anti-ableist language guide, which we make available for free for people to use as starters for their own guides. Um, and of course, we are on LinkedIn um, and we're on, we're on Instagram, missionequality.com. Uh, so there are lots of places for people to get in touch with us and you know, if people want to talk about the work, if people want to find out more about how they can uh, embed equality into their companies and their environments, then we're always happy to have that conversation. So yeah, reach out, talk to us. Amazing. Yeah, I cannot 
I cannot endorse the the black paper and the um, inclusive language guides enough. I, I love those. So um, thank you so much for spending time with me this morning. And um, we will pick up this conversation next week. Thanks, Sam. And that's a wrap on this week's The Roots of Change podcast. This episode was produced by the Roots of Change Agency and Did You Know? Production and outreach support by Britt Holmes and Brian Wolf. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We are a 100% listener-supported newsletter and podcast. If you like what you heard, consider giving us a follow, subscribing to our newsletter, or donating to support our work. The Roots of Change Agency was founded to support organizations, campaigns, and activists to avoid burnout and tell empathetic stories to cultivate connections that empower social change. Until next time.